Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Good afternoon on a beautiful Wednesday and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. I'm joined as always by producers Jihei Wiley and Armani Buckets. How are we doing on this glorious Wednesday? I wish I can say that I'm feeling amazing and wonderful because it's Wednesday, middle of the week. But yeah, right now, today is not a good day for me and my Duke Blue Devils. Really disappointed. Really, really disappointed. I am sorry to hear that, Jihei. I um, have not been keeping close tabs on college basketball, but besides college basketball, yesterday was like one of the slower days of sports. I mean, there was very little going on in terms of games. So I'm doing better because today is going to be a a more action-packed day of sports. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, we have a lot going on. We do have to begin with the Lakers. Again, a lot was made yesterday of the reports that Frank Vogel is now on a game-to-game basis, which is just the worst thing in the world you could possibly have as a head coach. Because, uh, by the way, this this team is not a very consistent team. So if Frank Vogel is coaching game-to-game, and it perhaps began with the last game against the Jazz, which they won, it continues tonight as they go up against Frank Vogel's former team, the Pacers... This was, you know, now more and more things are beginning to leak out that maybe Kurt Rambis is a part of the coaching uh, meetings. And because of conversations that they had with Kurt Rambis, he wants to see more Dwight Howard, maybe DeAndre Jordan. And I'm looking at Armani Bucket's face right now. You know, a more traditional five in the lineup. Uh, Your thoughts on that as I tell you this apparently for the first time. Yeah, I did not hear about that. This is the issue that I have with the Lakers is sometimes at some point it's okay to step outside of the Laker family. Kurt Rambis has shown time and time again, in my opinion, that he is not in the modern day of the way that basketball is moving. And for, I think that that sounds like Jeannie Buss saying, I know this guy, I trust this guy, and I'm going to give him, this is the same thing that my Chicago Bears have the problem with is that ownership is too tied into decision making and they do it with their buddies. And that's a that's so problematic because what happens is you don't have the right voices making decisions. And again, I didn't know about the Kurt Rambis thing until you just told me, Arash. But to me, that sounds like Jeannie Buss going to the friends and family and saying, how do we fix this mess? And that is not who I would go to if I was Jeannie Buss and I wanted to fix it. Who that. would you go to, though? I would go in-house. And if you if you trust Rob Palinka to make basketball decisions, why do you need an outside source like Kurt Rambis? But here's the thing. I will push back only on this front. I do believe Kurt, whether you like it or not, is a part of that. And I don't know what his exact title is, but he's he's been a part of the decision-making process for a while, obviously. Jeannie Buss, Linda Rambis, Kurt Rambis, Rob Palinka. I think that quartet has a lot to do with, um, you know, by the way, when they won... They deserved some credit, and now that they're struggling, if you want to critique them, that that's fine. Kurt is like an in-house guy. Kurt is in-house. Now, to what extent he's been involved during the course of the season, and we're just figuring out now, we're finding out now that he's part of some of the coaching meetings, 
you know, this is going to be something that's going to be talked about for a while. But here's the problem for Frank Vogel, as I see it. If he is truly coaching for his job on a game-to-game basis, this team is going to hit a rut. This this team has shown time and time again at 22 and 22 they're going to lose a few games and they're going to look bad on a couple of nights. And I don't know if it begins tonight. Hopefully for Frank Vogel, it does not. He will board a plane for a six game road trip, but I can't imagine that he's going to survive this road trip. If it's a game to game situation for him, because I don't think Anthony Davis will be back until February. And you're talking about a big six-game stretch here. Again, to your point, Brooklyn, no Kevin Durant, no Kyrie, because that game will be in Brooklyn. But um, hard to see the Lakers going above 500 on this road trip. I mean, we've talked time and time again, you know, when they go on a five-game trip, you know, what's a successful trip? Clearly, a successful trip would be a 500 trip. I don't know if that's even enough to save Frank Vogel's job. Do they have to go on a run here? Does he lose his job if the team loses one more game? The problem here is now you have a coach who is a true lame duck coach. Now, you extended him so he wasn't that, but now that this has leaked out, and we don't know exactly how it leaked out, but these things get leaked for a reason. And my assumption is that the, the, the team knew following the loss to the Nuggets, that Frank Vogel was in a very tough spot. And they found a way to beat the the Jazz. Hopefully they find a way to beat the Pacers tonight. This six-game road trip, I don't think is going to go well for them. And if that's the case, does Frank Vogel return to Los Angeles? I don't think he returns to the locker room if they lose tonight, honestly. If they lose to Indiana tonight, with the report coming out, it sounds like, let's put it this way, if they were to lose tonight... In my opinion, something has got to happen, whereas they have to say, no, we're going to stick with him for the foreseeable future, because the the hysteria about the Vogel situation would reach a, a tipping point if they were to lose tonight. Yeah. Now, that's not even speaking about the road trip. If they were to go two and four on the road trip, which, by the way, if... There was no reports of him getting fired. Two and four on this kind of road trip might be, except, eh, I guess maybe not acceptable. Three and three maybe yeah. would be acceptable, even for a championship team, because Miami's tough, Philadelphia's tough, Atlanta and Charlotte, you could slip up there. Brooklyn is still Let's play Brooklyn. out this trip real, real quick. So they go to the Orlando Magic should on Friday. That should be a win. They go to the Heat. Again, uh, you know, tough game, tough game, I think. So I think that's a loss. They are one and one. At Brooklyn. Again, Should no win. KD, no Kyrie. They didn't have... Did they have KD and Kyrie the last time that they played on Christmas Day? Uh, they did have I don't, Durant. They, they did, did have, have Durant? Yeah, but uh, Kyrie, I believe, was yeah, out just because... No, they had, did not have Durant. They did not have Durant? They did not have no. Durant. So, but listen, okay, so let's say that, that that's a win. So they're now 2-1. and one. They play the Sixers. They go to Philadelphia. That's probably a loss. Yeah, yeah, probably. So they're too. But here's where you're at with Frank Vogel. If you're truly coaching on a game to game basis, is that enough? If win, lose, win, lose. And so for me, I don't think that's enough. I think they have to go on a kind of a streak here where, okay, they they begin it with the. They they beat Utah. Big win, good win, quality win. Uh, Continue hopefully tonight for him, for the team's sake against the uh, Pacers. My guess is that he's not going to be able to survive a win-lose-win-lose situation and certainly not a two-game losing streak situation. 
and an embarrassing loss. They can't get blown out. Again, they, yeah. when you when they lost to the Nuggets the way that they did, if if Frank Vogel had gotten fired that night, it wouldn't have shocked me just because of how poor they played that night. So I don't know if 3-3 three and three will save his job to play out the uh, trip still. So from Philadelphia, January 27th, that very next night at Charlotte, and then they close up January 30th at the Hawks. Um I think they can go three and three. I don't know if three and three is enough to save his job, though. Yeah, I don't. Now that you put it that way, Rush, I don't think three and three. They might let him get to the end of it, but yeah. maybe they come home and they get rid of him. I don't really know. Again, with this game by game thing, I think a lot of it does depend on what you were just saying. Is is one of those losses, even if it's three and three, is one of those a thirty five point loss? That's the thing. Because if it is, I think the next day he's probably because we could say it's okay to lose to say the Nets or the yeah. Heat, but you can't it's get blown about out. How you lose? You has, how you lose? You can't get blown out. Yeah, again. no, I was just gonna say the exact same thing. I mean, yeah. if they if they lose by like what five points, two yeah. points, whatever, yeah, happens. then yeah, you know, good, fought, well thought out game. Good matchup, whatever. But if they get blown out, yeah. I think we're talking about something completely different here. The issue is we've seen David Fisdale be the coach of this team. Because of COVID, because of the health and safety pr- pr- protocols, we have seen this team with a new coach for one week. In a normal season, we, we wouldn't have gone that preview. It doesn't change anything. It doesn't change anything. And so I think normally speaking, in a normal season, you know, pre-COVID, things like that, you would think this would shock the system, new coach in place, David Fisdell. He was an assistant with, uh, with the Heat when they won those championships with LeBron. He's been a head coach in this league, a different voice. We've seen it. It doesn't change anything. And so that's my problem with it. But I do think at the end of the day, if they think Frank Vogel has lost this team, and again, he didn't put together this mismatched team. This, that's not his fault. But I do think they have to kind of go for a Hail Mary. They can't make a big trade. They can do small trades. I mean, the fact that they're looking at perhaps packaging Taylor and Horton Tucker, which they were so protective of for the longest time, like we're not trading THT, even Kyle Lowry, imagine they could have gotten him last year. They, 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 they don't want to part with them, but they kind of have to if they want to get someone who could perhaps help this team out. So the biggest possible change that they can make is firing the head coach, making some headlines. LeBron James has to come out and talk about how a good man lost his job today because we weren't able to do our job. To my view, because we've seen it play out again, he was out for COVID, not because he lost his job. We've seen Fizdell as the coach. It doesn't make a difference. Yeah, I completely agree that it does not make a difference. Now, two things here. I think that, first of all, the the way that these rumors are flying out, it's uh, I don't know how these things naturally work, but you have... Vogel propaganda coming out. And then I'm looking at a report from 20, 25 minutes ago where it says LeBron was responsible basically for bringing Westbrook in. He was the one that yeah. basically signed off on it. So oh, 100%. Like, yeah. Who's leaking that info? Is that Vogel's but camp? I do think that we've heard a lot about the meetings that LeBron yeah. had in the offseason. And we, I think we do know the impact that LeBron and Clutch Sports have in this and that they had the meetings. And it's Anthony Davis, it's LeBron James, it's Rich Paul. It's like, How do we want this team to look? And I will give credit to them because they put together a championship team in 2020. They put together a team that in 2021 had the number two record, I think, in the league before LeBron got hurt. And they just, again, that year was always going to be tough for them. 
But then they also did this crazy trade where the day that it happened, GA came on the air and a ton of other people said, what the heck are they doing? Again, we're, we don't know how this is going to play out, but just my guess, you trading KCP, Kyle Kuzma, and Montrez Hill for Russell Westbrook. I mean, I don't know how this is going to work. And I was obviously glasses half full. Listen, look. He's coming back home. He's, he's, he's going to change his ways. He's going to adapt to this team. No, Russell Westbrook got to the point that he has in his life and his career where he's the first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the top 75 players, because he plays this way. He plays 100 miles per hour. He doesn't care who else does whatever. He's going to get his triple-double. And if the team finds a way to win because of that, great. If not, that happens too. But he's not going to change how he plays. And worse yet, when the Lakers were struggling because he was continuing to do what he did, what was the number one thing we heard? Let Russ be Russ. Russ be Russ. Russ is Russ. And Russ being Russ is the reason he doesn't fit in with this team right now. And this is LeBron's fault. And I don't know why such a student of the game who's apparently seen all of his games couldn't see that. Couldn't see how he doesn't fit in with this team. It doesn't mean that he can't fit in with another team. I do think it's pretty clear at this point. Russell Westbrook can never be the star of a championship team. They had a chance with the Thunder, and it really wasn't his fault. You go back to that series. I mean, James Harden was not, I mean, he was nowhere to be found. So it wasn't his fault. They did have a chance. But as we see what has happened to his career with the Thunder, when they got Paul George, when he went to Houston, played with James Harden, He's not going to be the star of a championship team. That is not something that he's built for. And it is so funny to watch him play in Stu Lance on these broadcasts. And he's got a triple-double, which generally speaking is a good thing. And he's like, okay, he's got another <laughs> triple-double again. What the heck does it matter? The Lakers are down by 20 points. You know, this might not be the best time to say this, but I really still believe in this Laker team if they can just, like, find the right rotations because I like the pieces. So so do they have pieces in place that if they if they play those guys, again, like Kostin Reeves, I think Reeves was yes. the guy. Start him. Yeah. I really believe he should be inserted. So Monk off the bench, I really like that. Yeah. I think that that should stick. LeBron is the point guard of the team, so then there has to be that uncomfortable conversation with Russ. Either you start him as like a de facto starter and then you take him out and play him basically like a bench player's minutes. By the way, at 22 and 22, have that uncomfortable conversation because yeah, we are to. getting to a point in the season where we're either going to make the playoffs or we're not. Yeah. I mean, so like, uh, you know, I, I don't think you could have benched him at the beginning of the year. I don't even know if you could have benched him halfway. We're past the halfway mark. Yes. You got to You got to It's Hail Mary time. Yes. LeBron James. Avery Bradley, Austin Reeves, okay. your pick of Stanley Johnson or Trevor Ariza, whoever's doing better, and Anthony Davis at center. Yeah. Now, I really like that starting five. I like it a lot better. They just beat the number three team in the West. Yeah. Pretty convinced. Well, not convinced. Oh, by six, but, but I mean, they, they, without they, Anthony yeah. Davis, exactly. the Jazz are fully healthy. And, you know, you're telling me that this team that has not figured basically anything out about their identity as a team, you're telling me that they can't figure some things out and actually be formidably maybe the third best team in the West or yeah. fourth if you fourth. consider Memphis, I guess. But my thing is, like, if they're in that 4-5 matchup, like, this is not a clean slate, but they can breathe a little bit easier, not in that play-in tournament. 4-5 yes. seed, you're going up against a team that you're close with. Even six, I like their chances. Six is fine. 
As long as it's not Golden State or Phoenix round one, I think I like yeah. their chances. Really, if they played the Grizzlies or the Jazz, now I don't bet anymore. But if I did bet, I think I would bet on the late. You're not going to bet on LeBron James in a yeah. best of seven with the way he's looked. Jihei's probably not going to bet on LeBron James, <laughs> or maybe she is. I don't know. No, I just I I don't have any faith like you do. I I think this this is kind of a wash. I'm I, I agree with you though that you do need to bench Russell. I mean, I know we're probably going to get a lot of flack for that, but and especially considering how much his contract is and what they but you gave gotta up. See for what him. happens. I mean, I mean, yeah. and again, he's going to not like it. But I, I don't know. At this point, LeBron's doing stuff he's not comfortable with. I think you're going to like ask a lot of players to do things that they're not comfortable with to figure out a way. Like, how are we going to salvage this season? It's not done. It's not done. The West is so bad at 22 and 22. They can still. Make the playoffs. That's not, not even a question. But like, be a four or five seed. Let's just say a five seed, five or six seed. I mean, they can still do that. That's still within their reach because the West is so bad. So let's like throw things against the wall. Who the heck cares at this point? I mean, I mean, if if you care about your stats and that you want to start, I mean, like, come on. I mean, that's so ridiculous. I think LeBron James, if they were to, like, ask him to do this, even though it would make no sense, he would come off the bench. Like, what do we got to do to salvage the, this season? Because right now, they're not doing anything. But the biggest thing that they could perhaps get is if Anthony Davis returns to form. That No one's talked about that because he has not been himself. But if some way, somehow, and I don't know how this would happen, but if he can't return to the form that he was in Orlando... The bubble. That player, in my view, was arguably maybe the best player on the court. Now, now LeBron won most valuable player for the finals, but would not have shocked me if AD won. That's the wild card in this. If for whatever reason, his time off, he found himself, he became one with himself, all this great stuff, he's healed up. If AD comes back... That's a game changer. That changes everything. Where do you think that that team ranks in the West if AD is resembling I think, listen, bubble here's AD. The thing. I think that team can get to the conference finals. I think that team can get to the conference finals. I, I, I do think with the Warriors, and we knew this even before the Lakers struggle, we knew that a healthy Warriors team would be tough to beat. If you told me at the beginning of the season, the Lakers and the Warriors would beat in the conference finals, but the Warriors would win with Steph, Clay, Draymond, that team, I'd be like, hey, listen, that, that's a really good team. So I do think if that happens, they could get to the conference finals. The crazy thing about it, that would be such an amazing story and such an amazing turnaround. But with this fan base, it's championship or bust. So if this team like even has this amazing turnaround where they go into the playoffs as a five seed, win that four or five matchup, like upset another team, get to the conference finals, lose to the Warriors, it'd be like, ah, oh, what a disappointment. Do you really think that? Because I think... I think Laker fans are not going to be happy to lose in the conference finals. Yes, I agree with that. But the 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 fact is that, man, if they go from twenty two and twenty two, I agree. Season is looking so bleak to conference finals. I would think that they would have a little bit of. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I mean, no, because here's so- the thing. My thing is how they would lose in the conference finals, and if it was to the Warriors, and if Clay went off, and Steph went off, and Draymond played great, and yeah, like. That would be amazing, but obviously Laker fans are not conditioned to be okay with yeah. losing in the conference finals. The fact that that Carmelone GP team that went to the NBA That's finals, it true. was a 1-1 series, Carmelone gets hurt, they'd have no front court help, 
and that team is viewed as like a, a disaster, yeah. a failure. Like, oh my god, this team is a you know, this team reminds me of like Carmelone and GP. I mean, like, oh my god, I would love if this team got to the finals and lost to Milwaukee or someone. I mean, that, that, that's not happening. I mean, so it's, it's so funny when they compare that team to the Steve Nash. To, you know, Dwight yeah, Howard team like that team, that, was- that team barely made the playoffs and got swept out in the first round. So, uh, you know, if you're a Lakers fan, is championship or bust? Me and GK, you have talked about that, but there's no doubt about it. I mean, if this team got to the conference finals, major success. I think you do have to figure out how do you go into next season because the match, the, this team does not fit. The pieces yeah. don't fit. We're going to talk about that some more again. Big Lakers game tonight. I call it big because apparently Frank Vogel, (laughs) game to game, is coaching for his job. So I think every game for for Frank Vogel is a big game. We'll talk about that some more when we come back right here on the Arash Markazi Show on the Mighty Year 1090 in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mighty Year 1090 ESPN Radio. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. We talked on it big time in the first segment. Uh, The Lakers are playing the Indiana Pacers tonight. And if you go by reports, the... uh, Lakers head coach Frank Vogel is apparently coaching for his job. Not only tonight, but every night this season. He's on a game-by-game basis. But um, I'm sure we have a question about that. But, uh, Jihei, how can the fine listeners of this program contact us? By the way, gave out four tickets to the Kings game last night. Yay. would shout out the names, but I don't have it in front of me right now. But it was uh, uh, two pairs of tickets, and um, apparently they had fun. Now the Kings lost to the Tampa Bay Lightning, but uh, thankfully the uh, two pairs of tickets went to two of our loyal listeners, and they had a good time last night. Well, that's great. Those seats are sick, so because yeah. I've actually been in those seats, so those there was a really nice seats that Arash gives out. He doesn't give out those like. Well, I got from the like, uh, well, no, exactly. But uh, we will do this again next month. So, uh, so t- stay tuned for that. All right. Well, guys, you can reach us via email, but also via our hotline as well. I think I just like saying via, so I'm just yeah. going to keep going with that. Um, yeah. So get a hold of us via our hotline at 310-400-0340, or you can email us at show at gmail.com. That is all lowercase A-R-A-S-H-M-A-R-K-A-Z-I-S-H-O-W at gmail.com. Leads us to our first question from Joe Adams from Boyle Heights, who asks, Outside of firing Vogel, what changes do you think need to be made so that this Lakers team can be a champ can be championship viable? Well, you know, the, I think they, they they just have to look at the lineups and Russell Westbrook. Unfortunately, they they, they have to try it out. They have to try out Russell Westbrook's six man. And I'm not saying that that's going to solve all their problems, but I, I really think when you're 22 and 22, you're past the halfway mark of the season. You've been below 500. You've lost by 37 points. You got to start trying a little bit of everything. 
they've already tried LeBron at the five. They've they've tried a variety of different lineups. Russell Westbrook being that kind of microwave type guy coming off the bench. It's not ideal. That's not why you traded KCP, Kyle Kuzma, and Montrezl Harrell. But you gotta like you gotta work with what you have, and you can't trade his contract. It's a forty-five million dollar contract this year. He's certainly going to um, hopped into his option for next year. That's about forty-seven million. So he's not going anywhere. You gotta figure out how to make this work. Yeah, I agree. I think that the the main solution would be, in my opinion, is LeBron at point guard, which he already is, and then Westbrook as your backup point guard. So try to make their minutes not um, overlap as much as possible. So if LeBron is going to play 32 minutes in a night, Westbrook should play 20, 16 of those without LeBron, and then maybe four of them together, something like that. I think that's the biggest uh, change outside of a coaching change that, that they can make. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you on rotations, on, you know, getting the right players out there on the court. Let's go the younger, the better, guys. I mean, those guys are playing their hearts out, right? I mean, yes, you have LeBron out there, who's a great leader, who's um, obviously really good at his job, right? Um, A future Hall of Famer, etc. But then you have all these young players that they're hungry. They want to be there. They really, truly want to be there. Give them the opportunity because obviously everything else isn't working out. So I agree with you. Switch up that rotation. Um, Maybe you're just going to have to constantly, unfortunately right now you're going to constantly have to find it because they're not there yet. But, um, and I don't know when they will be there, but um, yeah, switch up the rotation. Thank you, Joe, for that question. We're going to move forward to Stephen Morris who asked from Westchester who asks, What's your reaction to the NHL finally catching up with the other leagues and not testing players that are asymptomatic? I'm surprised that they took them this long. Listen, the National Football League, the NBA, now UFC is doing the same thing. So, um, you know, kudos to them. Again, we are getting to a point now where we have to live with the virus. We're not going to get past it. We have to live with it. And if that's the case, and if you're fully vaccinated, I mean, you know, let's stop testing these fully healthy players who may test positive. Again, good news on the variant front. It looks like we are hitting a peak right now. We are going to see a decline in positive cases or hospitalizations and things like that. Um, so I'm happy about it only because we're going to have to learn to live with this thing. And by the way, Mick Cronin brought up, gee, hey, what you've been talking about for a couple weeks now. You know, he, he was saying, you got 75,000 fans at SoFi Stadium watching the Rams and we can't have a single fan. Again, I think they have close family, but there have been no fans at Pauley Pavilion. He's like, wait, so on one hand, you got a sold out crowd at SoFi Stadium watching the Rams. And on the other hand, our players cannot play in front of their their friends, their students, the fans. So uh, hopefully post this weekend again, that that was made up until January 21st. Hopefully after this weekend, USC and UCLA, two of the top 10 teams in the country, can finally return fans to their games. But yes, to the original point of the question, happy to see this. Let's get these games happening. Let's get fans back in. Let's start to live with the virus, learn to live together and not shut down things and have players out because of health and safety and things like that. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I'm going to say it's about words I can't say on the air time. <laughs> but, I mean, the NHL and hockey in general is just so behind any other league. And I can't believe, like you said, Arash, I can't believe it took them this long. But it doesn't shock me. 
um, because they are international, because they are in Canada as well, like, you know, and what's going on with that country. It doesn't really shock me that they finally came up with this and were like, we need to start making money. I mean, at the end of the day, what does it all come down to? It's a television show and you need to make some money, yep. as Mr. Kornheiser would say. So I I personally think that this is great. You should have done this from the get-go. Yeah. But um, better late than never, NHL. Glad that you're doing it. And as far as the NCAA is concerned, um, I'm hoping that they come around soon to this as well because those kids are younger. Right. And the majority of them yeah. are vaccinated, oh, not yeah. fully vaccinated. And if that's your you know, protocol for them to be vaccinated and um, be able to do that, it, a lot of those kids are asymptomatic as well. You know, I mean, there's actually uh, I believe right now, which th- to me, this doesn't make sense. But, you know, to each his own. Uh, I know that there are schools out there specifically in California, that if you are vaccinated and you come across the virus, you can obviously test. And if you test negative, then you can go back to school. Uh, Now, I'm not going to talk about the kids that aren't vaccinated and can't go back to school because they're around um, kids and stuff like that. But at least with that, you can have like you can test these not test these asymptomatic kids because they're probably not spreading anything because right to each other. So, um, yeah, it's about time. NHL. I don't know. What do you think, Armani? Yeah, I, I, I agree that I think that a lot of it probably almost definitely had to do with the Canadian rules compared to the American rules dealing with COVID. But it's good to see that, you know, that league is getting somewhat back to normal. Um, I know that they have been more strict with their COVID policies than the other major sports leagues. But I think that they have taken the example of the other leagues and how they are navigating through this t- uh, tough time. And I think that Soon, if not already, hockey will be pretty close to what we remember it being before the pandemic. Yeah, and I think Arash is right. Like, we got to learn to live with this, guys. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's not it's not ideal. Obviously, it's not great, but you got to learn to live with this because now we're at a point where you know you can get your booster shot and whatever if that's what you're comfortable with, um, and you know move move forward with it. This is the this is the time where it's let's start living through this right living past this so thank you Stephen, for your question we're going to move forward to tyler bowery from inglewood who asks can the rams beat the bucks for the third time this season well so they they this would be the third time in the past two years so or three years so they beat them this year they beat them last year can they do it for uh, the uh the uh, third time yeah I think so. Listen, I mean, it was no fluke when they beat them this season at SoFi. It was no fluke when they beat them a year ago at Tampa Bay. It was because of defense. It was because of pressure. It was because of blitzing Tom Brady. They have a fantastic defense. It was amazing to me what they were um, able to do to Kyler Murray. And by the way, I don't need to tell you guys that Kyler Murray can move a lot better than Tom Brady. So if the Rams can put pressure on Tom Brady, they have a chance to win this game. And if they do, and they're going back to the conference championship game, it'll be interesting to see, obviously, what happens on Saturday between the 49ers and the Packers. Can the 49ers, with that physicality in Debo Samuel and that bunch, can they go into Green Bay and win that game? I think the Packers are favored by six right now. Uh, the Bucks, I believe, are a three-point favorite. So, obviously, the favorites going into the NFC championship game would be Packers and uh, the Bucks. But if it's 49ers... In Rams, that game would be at SoFi. So I think the Rams can beat the Bucs. Again, it comes down to doing what they did the last two times that they beat the Bucs over the last two seasons. Get pressure on Tom Brady. Put him on the ground. Make him feel that pain. Make him feel that pressure. 
Yeah, if the if the Rams defense that showed up this past weekend oh, yeah. shows up this weekend against Tampa Bay, oh my God, we're gonna look at a blowout. That's oh, that's no, my personal no. that's my that's my personal opinion. I said if the if the defense shows up, if the defense plays win, like yes. this, if the defense plays like they played last week, yes. I can see a lot of points on the board for the defense. I I can just I see. Oh, it. you see some pick sixes. I happening? see some pick sixes happening. I see some turnovers, some fumbles happening. I All see right. like this defense is phenomenal if they play the way that they played last week. Now, if you know they're mediocre and like. Uh, what is that? The um, tracks fall off the train or something yeah. like that. Then you know whatever because this is playoff football. Yeah, this isn't the regular season. This isn't week three. You know you're gonna have a ton of injuries. You're gonna have a ton of people playing hurt, which on both ends, right? On both sides, yeah. uh, Tampa and with the Rams. Uh, I think, but if they can, if they can move past those injuries and they can move past, you know, and play the way that they played, I don't have a lot of major. I love Cooper Cup. And I'm not. I'm turning around on this one-year deal with o, with OBJ because you know my thoughts on OBJ, and I'm not the hugest fan. But I, I think he's the, been a surprise. He's he been, has. When, when I say surprise, I, I did not come in thinking he'd do a whole lot just going off of what he did in Cleveland, going off of what you know what you thought of his time at the end with the Giants. He's played tremendously well when they lost Robert Woods, and again. The signing happened basically around the same time, if not the same day, that Woods got hurt. That was just a, 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 a lucky moment for the Rams to get a wide receiver like an Odell Beckham Jr. as soon as they lost Woods. Because I thought when they lost Woods, it was like that year where they lost Cooper Cup. And I still say to this day, if the Rams had Cooper Cup in that Super Bowl against the Patriots, I think that they win that game. But anyway, um, yeah, listen— when you're in the playoffs, it's not about style points. I'll I'll take a one point win, but hey, listen, if it's a blowout, that's great too. Yeah, know? no, I I think with OBJ, he is a great one year player. Okay. Oh, I see what you're saying. I mean, he's great for now. He's a great short term contract deal it. person, and the Rams are getting their money's worth right now with him, right? But if you look at him in the long run, you you will see certain things fall off. So th yeah. this one year in particular is great for him. And I'm I happy think the Rams him. are built for the one year thing too. I mean, right. you know, with that that trade for Von Miller, and you look at a lot of the moves that they've made, it's really built for this year in particular, perhaps next year. But they've really been built to like win right now. Yeah, and I think that that's like an LA trend. To be honest with you, right? Yeah. The Lakers do the same thing. And Rams they had a thing. unique situation with SoFi where they really wanted to play in this game at SoFi. Now we don't, you know, we'll see how. But they're they're right there. They're on the cusp of it. I mean, they are one win away from playing in the conference championship game, and it wouldn't be the craziest surprise in the world to see San Francisco beat the Packers. So I mean, if they host the conference championship game at SoFi and the Super Bowl there, it would be amazing. But yeah, listen, I think when you're in Los Angeles, that is the expectation. If you want to move the needle here, you have to win now. And at least it worked in 2020. Again, it was, yeah, unfortunately for both teams, it was a pandemic year, so no fans. But the Lakers won, the Dodgers won. So the Rams know if they want to move the needle in this town that they call home for the past six years and i know people just like listen they have a lot of history here the fact of the matter is that they were in st louis for 21 years so that they are back home to get the fans behind you to get los angeles behind you you have to win they've had a great five-year run here by the way they've gone to the playoffs for the past five years even in the year that they didn't make the playoffs they were nine and seven they've won the division three years 
Let's see if they can get back to the conference championship game and the Super Bowl. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, I, it would be obviously it would be ideal, right? I mean, we went to Tampa last year for the That's Super amazing. Bowl and for you know your home team to be playing. At that home. Was awesome. yeah, it was it's amazing, yeah. right? I mean, it, it was a raging party in Tampa. So I'm sh- you can only imagine, you know, how crazy it would be to have the Rams play at SoFi uh, for the Super Bowl. Yeah. So that would be amazing. Um thank you so much, Tyler, for that question. We're just gonna move forward because we're kind of running out of time. Uh to Nathan Regal from Pomona's question, who asks, assuming everyone is healthy, what is your ideal Lakers starting five? Let's start with our money buckets here, and I only say that because he is so uh, he loves this question. I think um, because you think, and this is when I thought you were crazy because I thought I was the glasses half full guy when it came to the Lakers. You think that you have a starting lineup that perhaps can contend with the Warriors? Um, well, yeah, <laughs> yes, that's that is what I said off air. With, Putting you on with the spot. that being said, the Warriors are still the heavy favorites over the Lakers yeah. until proven otherwise. But this is the starting lineup that I think could work best. I would put LeBron at point guard, which he basically already is. Even when he plays center, he's still bringing the ball up. I would start Austin Reeves. I would start either Trevor Ariza or Stanley Johnson. I would start Avery Bradley, and I would start Anthony Davis. And with that lineup, if Avery Bradley can defend like he was defending against Donovan Mitchell, I think you put him on Steph Curry. You let Austin Reeves chase Klay Thompson around. And then on the other end of the ball, I don't know who the Warriors are going to have for LeBron and Anthony Davis because Draymond can guard one, and he'll probably do a great job. Who's going to guard the other one on on the Golden State Warriors? Are you going to put Kevon Looney on Anthony Davis? Again, this all comes back to what version of Anthony Davis are we getting? If we're getting anything resembling bubble AD... Kevon Looney cannot guard that player. No. It would probably have to be, in my opinion, again, jumping ahead to a Warriors-Lakers matchup, it would probably have to be Draymond Green, and then Iguodala would probably have to guard LeBron. Yeah. But the thing is, that's a really... We talk about the Lakers' age. If the Warriors are playing Iguodala and Draymond and relying on all their old guys, now who's the old team? The Lakers are the ones starting the the kids and Reeves and Johnson and (laughs) you know playing Monk and. So that would be my ideal starting five. I like that starting five for Golden State only because. These guys have an identity, and you always talk about identity with the Lakers, and they don't really know what their new squad is all about, right? Because they're constantly shoveling things around in the in the rotation or shifting things around the rotation. So I think that the Warriors know who they are. So I think that that starting lineup, old or young, is going to be fine because those guys know how to play with one another. They know everybody's strengths, their weaknesses, and how to shift everything. And they know how to be a role player. They you know they know who the star is and they know who the star isn't. You know, so I think that Draymond on the defensive end is a great pick because love him or hate him, he's still a bomb uh, defensive player. So I don't know. I, I'm okay. I'm okay with that old, as you call it, old squad. Yeah. Uh, right there. Right. Um, I think as far as the Lakers starting five, though, I, I it, keep the young guys in, man. Keep the young guys in. You know, uh, THC. Keep. Austin Reeves in there. I, I just, I, I love those younger guys. And then obviously leave LeBron in there. If you want to make him the point guard or make him the center or like interchange him, that's fine as well. You know, I'd be okay with, I'd be okay with that. Do you, I, do you think that that, 
that starting five that you just um, put out there though would win a championship. No, wait, wait, hold on. In the in, in the immortal words of what was it, Jim Mora? <laughs> well, I think he said playoffs. I'm like, we are. I'm just hoping that they make the playoffs. But yeah, I, I don't. Wait, you tell me what you think. But I, don't I think really that think that. <laughs> so when I say this, it again all comes down to Anthony. Two things: LeBron playing at this level, sustaining it for the remainder of the season, which. Right now, we have like a 15 to 20 game sample size that this is who he is still, which, by the way, I think that he's still in his prime. And then Anthony Davis returning to bubble AD. If you have that, then you have 40 games to figure out the rest of the rotation. That means Russell Westbrook limited and the rest of what we just talked about. If those things come to fruition, then I do believe that they are a title contender. Now, that is a lot of ifs to get to that point. But I do believe that with the way that the West is currently situated, we just saw them beat the team that is third or fourth best in the West without Anthony Davis. I think that they can potentially win a title. Now, I wouldn't favor them over Phoenix or Golden no. State. But. I'm trying to think, I mean, because there's definitely never been a 22 and 22 team yeah. that's won a championship. <laughs> but I, I am curious, like, what is a team that, that, that's gone from no one even thought that they would contend to perhaps. Yeah. And again, the pieces are in place for the Lakers, right? If they get Anthony Davis back to what he was before, LeBron continues playing the way he does. Russell Westbrook adopts what I mean. That's the again, biggest if. Those are all big ifs. The mass, the big, the LeBron thing. I am, I'm confident he will continue to be one of the best players in the world this season. The AD thing is a huge if. I think that's more likely than Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Changing his ways. I mean, the one thing that I will say is he got to where he is in his career by playing this way. And I thought stubbornly that, listen, he's won a, he wants to win a championship. He's, he's, he's coming here to do the one thing he has not done in his life. But it, it, the, 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 he's not going to change. Russ will be Russ. All right. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. The Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.